Mm-hmm. All right. Well, welcome everybody to Yankee Chronicles podcast. I'm Bobby. I am here with Evan, Rob, and Donald. And we had uh, the the uplifting words from our fearless leader, Cashman. <laughs> and, uh, he's been saying the same thing that we've been saying. So there's really nothing different uh, on that front. Donald, your opinion? It wasn't surprising. I'm not entirely sure what the point was. I mean, the message is always going to be exactly the same. This is the culture that Brian Cashman has created in the organization. He said so himself when uh, when he was asked about Aaron Boone's job security. Um, he says that Aaron Boone's doing exactly what is asked of him. Namely, and this is quite interesting that he said this, because this is really indicative of the culture of the organization. He goes, namely, supporting our players, supporting our guys. That is Aaron Boone's job. He's just there as a cheerleader. He's got absolutely no authority within the organization. He's just a cheerleader, and he's just doing his job by telling players how wonderful he is. And then Brian Cashman, again, he kept really pushing that, oh, we just want to tell all our guys how much we love them and how we're there for them. Do you know, it's it's shocking that the Yankees, you know, is the most important organization in world sports, um, the biggest franchise, the winningest franchise in the world. Um, they've created this culture, this soft culture, where you can't say anything uh, to, to hurt any of the players' feelings, you know. Oh, we can't say anything to hurt the staff's feelings. Everyone's in this together. We're all friends. We're all family. This is crazy. This is a sporting environment. And the thing is, if the Yankees were actually playing pretty well, but the results weren't um, indicative of their performances, then I would understand what you were saying yesterday. But the, the whole pushing, oh, we still love our guys. The guys aren't playing like they give a fuck. That 8-2 game against Tampa Bay, they did not give a fuck. Yeah. And then they continued to not give why, a why fuck after Aaron, after Aaron Boone spoke to them. They continued to not give a fuck. They've this not given a fuck since... three years. Why, why would we think it's going to change? And why are we sitting here blaming Cashman like he's the owner of the fucking team? He's not the he one... He created the culture, Evan. He created this culture. Yes, he did. Who else created this culture? Shut the fuck up and let me talk for a second. You just talked for the last five fucking minutes, dude. Seriously, <laughs> Cashman has a boss. His boss is Hal. They together came up with this bullshit concept that they're going to run into the fucking ground. We're sitting here three years of it and surprised. We knew this offseason that this shit was going to happen and this is how they were going to treat the team. They're fucking soft now. We said it was going to be an issue, but now suddenly Cashman needs to be fired. Why would Cashman get fired? He's not going to get fired because fucking Hal is his boss and Hal likes this fucking system too. Well, that's not entirely true. How Cashman is has a lot to do with this. Cashman do it every fucking way, dude. He has Cashman hired Aaron Boone, man. He can use and he's using them in the way that the team wants him to use them. I don't agree with it, but you're not going to fire Cashman. The one that will get fired is fucking Boone, and he just admitted that he loves Boone, so he's going to be here for the next like ten fucking years. Let who hired Aaron Boone? Hal didn't hire Aaron Boone. Cashman hired Aaron Boone. That's what he said. Cashman is the one that fired George Joe Girardi. And Hal was in the meetings, too, when they interviewed him. 
fucking Cashman's not the only one that brought Boone in. You How is the only one that's actually concerned about our start? Cashman actually said so. If anyone's actually going to be our savior here, it's actually Al Steinbrenner because he's yeah, the one that's voicing concern. He's never going to go anywhere, dude. This is his fucking team, and it has been. Fuck, fucking Hal inherited it and cares more about money than he does about baseball. Rob, what's your opinion, dude? I, I mean, I expected everything that Cashman said. That's what I expected out of him. You know, we're not going to get him firing anybody. It's not going to happen 15 games of the season, even though people want it to happen. It's not going to happen. And even if they did fire Boone, they're not going to take Buck Showalter like everybody wants him to do and make him the manager. They're going to give it to somebody like um, whoever the hell the bench coach is or whatever, or, uh, you know, someone like that. They're not going to just give it to some guy because the fans want it. It's not going to happen. Boone's going to be here. We may not like it, but we're going to have to ride this season out and see where it goes because no changes are going to happen unless the Yankees keep this up throughout the entirety of the season and, they, and if they make the playoffs and they fail miserably, then maybe we'll see some changes. But for right now, nothing's going to happen 15 games in. This was purely Cashman just telling us, hey, we hear your frustrations. We're frustrated, too. You don't think they're angry right now? You don't think Hal Steinbrenner's like, shit, we're not playing well. People are probably going to come to the stadium a little bit less. He's concerned about money, just like right. you said. But the but players at the same- aren't. Like Donald said, the players are not – they're not giving a fuck right now, and that's why we're this alarmed. I, I understand that completely. I completely understand. I'm not saying that I'm okay with it at all. I'm just saying this is exactly what we come to expect from the organization when things are going bad. We've heard this before. Like you said, Evan, this happens all the time. We're going to end up going on some sort of a run eventually. Hopefully it happens sooner rather than later because this team is too good to not do it. It's going to happen, and we're going to forget about this for a little bit until they start losing again, which is going to happen because guess what? The Yankees, despite the fact that they have won 100 games two of the last three years, they've done this where they win seven, eight in a row, then they look like crap for a 10-game spell where they maybe go three and seven. It happens too often for us to be saying, oh, no, the sky is falling. It may be falling a little bit right now because we flat out suck, but I think it could be as soon as this week this road trip we're about to go on after these two games against Atlanta, that we're going to start winning some games, maybe get back to 500, and then this team might get rolling, as Aaron Boone would yeah, say. Baltimore and, and Detroit, we should win. We should be able to beat those teams. Now, if we don't, then we have a real reason to be concerned. Yeah. But I Can think I say right- my original point was I actually wasn't calling for Brian Cashman to be fired. I wasn't calling for anybody to be fired. I wasn't calling – Aaron Boone, I think he should be fired, but he was never going to be fired after 15 games. That was just never going to happen. But my point was, what what I didn't what what disturbed me was the fact that the the Yankees players are playing like they don't give a shit, right? But Brian Cashman was continuing to reinforce this whole love in love in love in thing. That is what my issue is. You can't actually call out players in a competitive environment. He could have actually said. These guys are not playing up to performance, and it's unacceptable. He could have been a little bit sterner there, but it can be had to continue to reinforce this loving message, and that's what my issue is with that because it's a soft, soft culture. And Dallas, I ask you a question: Do you think it's hypocritical that last year he went up to fucking uh, Buffalo and had his fierce talk with the team, and now he's reverting back to this? Doesn't that seem a little shady? Well, 
it just shows that the organization is broken because Aaron Boone's message is not getting through to the players. But Brian Cashman can't admit that. So he had to go and kind of try and uh, and speak to them himself because he's, he's the actual boss. But now, again, it's reverted back. You're right, he's reverted back. But it just shows that there's, like, once again, the, the message is not getting through to the players. The, none of the players, all the players are protected. They're being treated like they're in a glass case. Like they're these prize boxers, and the Yankees are, are not really worried about about them at all. And the you know, but they have to. The performance matters, man. You can't just play out April and May like it doesn't matter. Every game does actually matter. You know, you, you hear all these press conferences with with Bone, and then you know, yesterday with Cashman, and it's almost like you know, like we were saying, it's the same. You know, we knew what they were gonna. We knew what Cashman was gonna say. And I'm just, I want to hear something different from the GM. I don't want to feel like he just went into his file folder, pulled down the script, you know, his speech from last year, and did the same interview. But that's what he did, and that's what's going to continue to happen. But I think that's adding to the frustration. Give us a little, you know, get at, you know, what what would it hurt to just lose your your shit on, on the press? Go for it. Why not? You're not going to see it 15 games into the season, though. It's not like last year. If this was like last season, we were playing 60 games, then yes, we're going to see that. But they're going to use that. It's very early excuse. And, and they have right now is the best time to give these kind of press conferences because it is still early. I don't like the results that we're getting. Nobody does. But this is what you come to expect from the organization. Is it a problem? Yes. Will they turn around? Hopefully soon. But they're going to turn around, like I said. And it's just we can't keep talking about this because we're not going to get anything else out of Cashman unless they really miserably fail and miss miss the playoffs this year, which would be an epic failure considering the championship expectations for this team. That's but honestly, that needs to happen. That needs to happen because this team right here that we have on the field is not going to win a World Series this year. Oh, right. zero no chance. No maybe they need, yeah, maybe they need to fail. Maybe we yeah, need we to need be to so bad. So something can fucking happen and these players can go, okay, we understand that we fucking have a problem. But I, mean, I thought last year was a failure, man. We didn't we, – we barely, barely made the playoffs. But would you say this team is worse than last year? It's possible. It's the same so far. Well, no, I, mean, I, I don't know. To this point, I would say yeah. Because it's I'm not sorry, any better. Tanaka, to me, I'm more comfortable with Tanaka than I am with the two additions yeah, instead of him. It's not improved. No. Can I just quote what Boone, uh, Cashman said about Boone here? Um, I think Aaron Boone is doing everything he can un- to, uh, he can do under his power currently. Don't you think that actually is, is basically says it all? Yeah, basically, he, has no he power. basically just said it. He basically says he has no power. It's so funny yeah. that he actually said it. Cashman's actually more honest than he lets on. Even though he gave us the whole bullshit thing, he, he always he always lets slip what's really happening under well, the surface. He knows that he's speaking in code to stupid yes, people. They're not going to realize what he just said, but we no. are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because he only speaks to the media scribes who all think he's God. But the fans actually have a have a read between the lines and know exactly what you're saying. Donald, he's saying. That is a huge statement he just yeah. made. That is not yes, okay. He did. 
It's not oh, okay. Yeah. Under his power currently, he's doing everything he can. So that's all he is then. He's just a cheerleader. He's like a he's like a boy scout. He's a cub scout. Yeah. Oh. Right, Ken, I want to take a uh, <laughs> a different angle on this for a second. With the when we were saying they need to when Evan made the statement, they need maybe they need to have a losing season. The Yankees haven't had a losing season since 1992. You know, maybe this organization needs a losing season to shake things up and to remind the fans that, you know, you can't win all the time. You know, this whole everybody's a winner mentality, you know, in the long, you know, is this also yeah. pro- is is the being sensitive towards the the players' feelings? Is this also a result of the participation trophy generation? You know, yeah. where yeah. you yeah. don't know how to lose. Of course. That's basically what my point was. The uh, the start of the podcast. I was basically saying, you know, we're the most important franchise in sports. Yet we've got this mentality where everyone's a winner, baby. Yeah. And it's just crazy. Yeah, like you can't tell me that being in line to make the major leagues and knowing that's going to happen by the time you're 16 doesn't drastically make you arrogant. I'm sorry, yeah. but if I'm that good at something and I know at age 16 that I'm going to make the league, I would be an asshole to everyone because I'm better <laughs> than everyone. Yeah. You know, and that's that's probably what Gary Sanchez's mindset is because he's been coddled from this franchise since he was 16 years old. It's and not just him, man. Ter- right. And that's why I'm terrified for Jason Dominguez, because if they're going to have that same shit, we're going to have a mentally weak player yet yeah. again. And also, Cashman's gone into a, uh, this year with a lot of projects, right? His project is Gleyber Torres to be a shortstop and to, and to bring Gary Sanchez back to major league level, right? And, you know, having a number two and three starter who haven't pitched in about a year, to suddenly pitch like like they did, you know, when they were fully healthy was gonna but they need to do it pretty fucking fast. He's got a lot of projects, right? And and also to go into a year without any depth and backup. And the uh, he's he's really peddling these and he's gonna double down on these projects. And at the moment the projects look risky. Gary Sanchez actually looks like he's gonna possibly reaffirm Cashman's trust. It's yeah. early. But the other things look dodgy. The Glaber Torres project looks dodgy to me. But the fact that we have projects with the supposed to be top five team is alarming. I've never seen this. Wild. It's wild. Right? Yeah. This is the kind of mentality from a GM and a team that's rebuilding or retooling, however they want to phrase it now. No, this is what you do when you're trying to make the playoffs, even. But don't you, further to Evan's point. So you were saying we need to lose in order for them to wake up, right? But surely getting embarrassed was in 19 out of 23. Through last 23 games by Tampa Bay, who have barely got a quarter of your payroll, being embarrassed on a daily basis by this organized that organization, surely that would have been a, a wake up call. It Losing the division to them last year should have been a wake up call. Being embarrassed by them in the playoffs should have been a wake up call. But instead, they actually end up going and doing exactly the same thing as they did last last year's playoffs by doing the opener, which was crazy. <laughs> the whole Mike King Nelson thing 
And both of them actually said they weren't comfortable in the roles that they were put in to do, just as Davey Garcia and Jay Happ said the previous time. So we're actually duped to repeating the same mistakes. So we're not actually learning any mistakes. That is right. my problem. And how many times have we done that with individual players too and other things like Sonny Gray and his slider? He didn't want to fucking throw it. We kept making him throw it. No. Like, stop doing that. Just know what players you have. You, you don't bring players here and say, okay, learn the fucking system. You bring players that know the system. Yeah. That's why DJ LeMahieu works so well because he's a system player for the Yankees. But we're bringing in guys who, you know, basically, okay, go do it, and they can't do it, especially a guy like Kluber who's trying to make his comeback tour. And they're basically saying, okay, you got to be the number two. He's <laughs> not a number two. He's a number no, three. No, he's not. Five. He's not a number two. And you're paying him 11. You're paying him. To be a number two. That's a lot I mean, for Tanaka project. would have only cost what three or four million more. Right. I think a fourteen million for Tanaka is a better value for us right now than eleven million for Kluber. We'll see where it goes, but right now I'm scared. I think Tanaka wanted eighteen was his. Uh, I know. I know what he wanted. I'm okay. just saying, if we could have convinced him to go to fourteen, then I would have been more oh, comfortable yeah. doing so then. There was even other cheaper options because I, I know that Tanaka wasn't comfortable with the the Asian hate that was going on in the culture in America, and I know his family were upset by it uh, with the pandemic. So it was very possible he was going to return to Japan, but there were cheaper alternatives to Kluber that were more reliable. Um, on um, but but Cashman said that he was really happy with what he did in the marketplace. He was never going to say otherwise. Well, um, no. You're- yeah, those those are the answers. It's like, why do they even ask those questions? Yeah, already know what he's going to say. Rob, your opinion on it? I mean, yeah. What do you expect him to say? Like, oh, after three starts, I give up on my free agent signings. It's it's not going to happen. You know, Tyon's had two starts. One where he looked somewhat, you know, solid. Another one where he had a really bad inning that hurt his ERA. And we're not going to give up on a guy two starts into his season. Because if we did that, then we would probably have nobody. We would have given up on Garrett Cole when he was struggling a little bit last year. You know, it's just that's just how it works. It's still too early to make an assessment on this roster because we're in April. I mean, I hate saying it because we're five and 15 right now. I understand the losing sucks, but in terms of single player evaluations, you have to wait at least until you get to maybe June, July, before you start talking about is the tie-on move a failure, is the Kluber move a failure? Because right now it's it's not. It has been, you know, it's been bad, but there's more than enough opportunity for it to turn around. I sound like Aaron Boone right now, but that's just the reality of it. Right. It's far too early in the season for those guys for us to say that it, it wasn't the right move. You know, it, it's – the fans, you know, and – you know, I'm guilty of it myself. It's anytime they lose, you, you, you lose your mind, you know, and after the first week I had made, I had made the statement that I thought that by the end of this month, the division was going to start to play, you know, level itself out. And we're not really seeing that too much. We're pretty much seeing the way that they came out of, you know, the way they started the season is the way that things have been continuing. And that's, what's concerning. You know, the Yankees are not an under 500 team. They're playing like it right now, but we know the talent on this on this roster. 
they're going to figure it out. And when they do, we can't take those, those when, when they go on those 10 game winning streaks, we kind of, we kind of take that for granted that they'll never lose again. Yeah. And we get well, screwed yeah, up when they, they, slide, when they slide backwards a little bit, then we go all berserk again. We we will we will see success this year, yeah. but I'm sorry, there's too many red flags for this to be a consistent team going into the playoffs, and that's not me being negative. That's me being really rational and yeah. understanding that these these issues don't just go away, and we're not doing anything about them. We're sitting here praying that they'll go away. That's basically what the mindset is. I'm not going to lose my mind over 15 games. It's a loss. A loss is a loss. You lose games in April. I understand yeah. that. Cold weather, whatever. That isn't actually the issue. It's the, the performance. Way I have never seen us perform this incompetently with less uh, less fucks given and people throwing the ball all over the ballpark. I mean, that doesn't actually happen. That isn't what's, that isn't That isn't something that we can just write off. And also, the Yankees need to change the way that they're approaching these um, the the regular season. They all they're already thinking about October when we're not even in April yet. Case in point, um, the the deciding game of the Blue Jays series, Aaron Boone sat, DJ LeMahieu and Giancarlo Stanton, our RBI leader and our best hitter. So he basically said he doesn't care about games in. In, in, in April because he wants to give everybody their scheduled rest day along with the the off day. And he won't, he's going to keep peddling that as an organizational philosophy. But games actually do matter, especially division games. Now, I'm not saying they need to lose their minds over the over defeat in April, but they need to change their philosophy that um, they're guaranteed an October spot. Nobody's guaranteed anything, man. You have to play your games and and have the when the when the players are available, fucking play them unless they're hurt. You know, we want to Do say. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's no reason not to agree with that. This is the worst start we've had since 1992, so we should be alarmed that the philosophy is what it is. Because, you know, we we used to be known as a hard-nosed team that went out there and you know worked our hardest and had a bunch of you know grumpy assholes like Roger Clemens who wanted to murder you. We don't Paul have O'Neal. Paul O'Neill. We don't have any. We have Brett Gardner. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, man. They're, they're so they pussy fit this around the clubhouse. Like they're all, they're all like these, you know, they're all in a prize yeah. dolls that you can't touch. These guys actually haven't earned anything. They've not done anything. What have they right. done to deserve this treatment? Do you all think t- we have anyone on this team other than Brett Gardner that would sacrifice a $500,000 bonus for the sanctity of his team? No. Sisbathia yeah. did that shit, and it's a detriment to the team that he's not here right now, at least as a coach. He should he's be won any team. World Series in our entire organization. Has anybody apart from Chapman in Chicago and Brett Gardner back in 09 as a role player? He wasn't even a starter back then. He barely did shit, yeah. Exactly. So why are we uh, treating all these guys like they're like they're the 98 Yankees, you know, that they're all just superstars? They're not. They've not earned fuck all. Yes, Stan's got a massive contract and he hits home runs, but he's 
He's not done shit when it gets to the playoffs in terms of winning. And nobody has. Aaron Judge hasn't. And yet we treat Aaron Judge like he's a god. I mean, it's, you have yeah. to. It's fucking crazy. I've never known an organization that does this. Uh, it's, it's really demoralizing when you see the lackluster effort. Is We're tuning in day in, day out, you know, hanging by every pitch, every swing. And they're just up there going, well, you know, I'm getting paid, so I don't give a shit. Yeah, exactly. Now, our O9 team, right? They were that was a full team of superstars. Everybody were superstars, right? And that team and George already held every one of them to account. And you know what happened? We won the World Series. Mm-hmm. If Aaron Boone was manager and he was just like, Oh, you guys are wonderful. I love you all. Do you think that we'd actually have that same intensity? Could you, can you imagine not. could you imagine Boone's mentality? Uh, and how he would have handled the the, the the tension between Jeter and A-Rod when A-Rod came over? He wouldn't have handled it. <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's go play video games and have yeah. fun. I'll, I'll, I'll take you all out for pizza. I love you. You love each other. We're all here for each it's other. It's like a fucking daycare center, dude. It is. That's what's really crazy to me. Okay, guys. It's nap time. We can't miss nap time or we're not going to be rested for the game. Did you guys uh, what about the reports? I love this uh that all the, the, the Yes Network kept talking about this that Tyone loves his coffee and he's got his own coffee yeah, maker. Thank God the, we know about and the, that and we're and, fucking Todd Frank. And Aaron Boone every morning comes to his locker and gets himself a fresh brew from Tyon. Fucking That's not a manager. Shit. That's Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> what a dickhead. Hi, Tyon. Can I get a frappuleppo coffee, please? Yeah. <laughs> Extra whipped cream. Extra whipped cream. <laughs> a shot of coffee, please. Yeah, I hate booze. Make it so a grand day because I'm watching my pals. These <laughs> <laughs> uh, even jokes. This is actually what's happening, guys. That is actually I what's know. happening. <laughs> In the mornings, he's going to Tyon. Not like, oh, how's your workout? It's like, hey, can I get a coffee? I'm tired. Why the fuck is he not even making his own coffee? Stop! You're at work, you dickhead. They got, they got, they got an intern. You say, yo, piece of shit intern, go get me a fucking coffee. And they go do that. Remember, I had to get Brad Marshall and popcorn, and I wasn't even an intern. They don't have a guy that can go do that. That's so fucking true. If I was tired, I'd be like, no, get your own fucking coffee. There's a fucking Starbucks across the street. You're in the Bronx. There's like 400 of them. Yeah, you're my boss, asshole. I'm not sure. Yes. Well, you. There's a curing machine down the hallway. <laughs> exactly. It's like my boss giving me a call going, hey, can I can I get a coffee from you? No. Get your own no. fucking coffee. It's like the Conan show with Jordan Slansky. He had money from fucking Conan to go buy an espresso machine. So he bought like the fucking nicest one for like two grand. And he put it right outside his office, which is like in the randomest part of the studio and everyone's like, we don't even know where the machine is. And so Conan basically went, took it back and gave him a shitty coffee maker. It was like, no, you get this now. <laughs> uh, Rod, do we have any trivia for today? We certainly do, Bobby. All right. When was the last time the Yankees were good? Uh... <laughs> George Rodney. 2017. <laughs> anyway, it's a good topic. You were talking about, you know, players actually playing for a while because 
What Yankee, well, your question is, what Yankee had the most at-bats in a single season? And I'll give you a hint. It was in the early 2000s. Oh, most at-bats in a single season. Uh, we'll give Donald the first shot. In the early 2000s. Most at-bats. I'm at not going to give you the year. Yes, early 2000s. Um, Derek Jeter. Oh, Evan. Alfonso Soriano. That's correct. Alfonso oh, Soriano God. in 2002 had 696 at bat. Wow. Holy crap. God, I was hoping you weren't going to get that, Donald, because as soon as he said the question, I knew. Good job, man. You're on, on fire. You get Rear win for Evan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sorry, that was guys. quick. Cats didn't even get a guess. That's all right. <laughs> Soriano literally was my favorite player growing up. I loved him. Uh, and obviously, he was the leadoff hitter for a really long time, so he gets more at bats. So that's kind of – Oh, yeah. But G- Jeter was a good guess because yeah, he would have see, probably been – that's the first name I went to. Yeah. Which I'm glad I didn't a get a guess. I had, after Jeter, I was like – I just drew a blank. So, I actually cried when we traded Soriano for A-Rod. I was very upset. He was a baller, man. He was a baller in Texas. He did fine in Texas for for a year or two. Anyway. Yeah, he was okay with the Nationals and the Cubs, too, I believe. It was great he, was, he was a 40-40 threat, man. 40 homers, 40 steals guy. You know, back in the day when you could steal bases. That's my favorite type of player, though. I used to love that shit. <laughs> yeah, I love those kind of guys. The guys that could steal bases and hit home runs. I was all over that kind of shit. Actually he single-handedly kind of kept us in the playoff race in 2013. Remember that huge home run in 0-1 in Game 7 in the ninth inning? I thought that was it. I thought we'd won the World Series. Remember <laughs> before, before we blew in the bottom of the night? That was an unbelievable home run because we couldn't touch anybody against the Diamondbacks, apart from their closer. But could you have imagined if we somehow pulled that trade off without giving up Soriano and our infield was fucking A-Rod, Jeter, Soriano, and Giambi? <laughs> well, you know what? They If they would have took Cano, because that was actually an option for them, they took uh, Joaquin Arias and uh, Soriano. I think it was – they had yeah. a choice. They didn't take Cano. Cano was on the list of players they could have chose from. Okay, so oh. thank God it wasn't Soriano and Cano because that would have – Fucked us up the ass. <laughs> the only reason we did that is because of Aaron Boone. So you know what? It all comes back to him. Aaron Boone never got he's he's ruined happened. he's been ruining me for the last two decades. <laughs> <laughs> so uh like did anybody ever you watched that documentary about A-Rod and, and the steroids, man? Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize the depth of yeah. of it. Has anybody else watched it? It's uh, it's called Screwball. It's on Netflix. Not yet. Guys, I'll have to, to check it. it out. I'll have time to do that. That was <laughs> wild, man. No, dude, so, A-Rod's like a, a narcissist and a sociopath. And oh, he, yeah. Like, he Anthony Bosch. Yeah, Anthony Bosch said he went to A-Rod's house, and A-Rod's entire house is, is white. Everything is white, and it's all photographs of A-Rod. And there's a big, massive photograph, a uh, little big prize pull of A-Rod as a centaur. And it, uh, <laughs> of course it is. So why pictures of A-Rod as a centaur. He's like this. And then, <laughs> oh, oh my God. And then like, 
<laughs> and Anthony Bosch said that A-Rod, uh, not long after we won the World Series with us, comes to him and goes, right, I need you to find a way of getting getting me all these steroids so that it doesn't come up in the blood tests. And Bosch was working with him on that. And then they went, they, they gave him a blood test in the middle of a nightclub in Miami. And then, then they went out dancing in the nightclub and then he lost the blood test. And then they, him and A-Rod were crawling on the ground in this nightclub trying to find this blood sample. I didn't realize the depths of his narcissism and the depths of how he was determined to cheat the league. <laughs> to cheat. I tried yeah. to tell you. <laughs> I didn't realize, man. I, Piece you of know, shit he was. Because you yeah. saw him uh, you saw him in the interviews going, oh, I'm really sorry. I didn't, you know. Uh, what, sorry? Mistake. He's been doing it for like six years. <laughs> it, it, it was crazy, man. Would I you was... be sorry if what you were doing earned you two of the richest contracts in the game's history at the time? Fuck well, no. it was just, it was just crazy. The level of the narcissism, man. I love him as a centaur. That's just hilarious. To me. <laughs> My favorite thing, though, is that she's four hundred, four home runs shy of seven hundred. Yeah. Go fuck yourself, A. Rod. Yeah, he was actually. That's that was actually part of the deal. He was going to pay Bosch per home run, uh, mark that he got so if he got like seven six or seven hundred he was going to pay him like through the roof like it was all it was all cheating to the maximum extent and manfred doesn't get off easy either because he sent like his goons to people's houses and stuff and was like paying people off and it was all kinds of really (laughs) shady shit going on like Manfred is like Manfred has connections. Oh, Manfred's got goons, man. Goons like turn up at the at, at, at Bosch's house and shit. What do you think, Polly Walnuts and Company? <laughs> <laughs> Rob's dad is somehow there too. Okay, we're gonna get this stuff. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> he would do it for the money, <laughs> Mr. Barris. I'll give you two thousand dollars to just stand there. I'll do it. <laughs> Like, why isn't your dad a bounty hunter? He should have his own fucking show. He complained too much. Yeah, it'd be hilarious. Like, I gotta drive all the way out here. Something like that. <laughs> He'd find a way to complain about it. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, so, Evan, what's your question? We need to get Evan's questions of the day. Todd, have you got a question for Evan? He's not prepared for it. No, He's I'm been slack in the last couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> You're agreeing that you've been slacking? What do you mean? Yeah. It's disappointing, man. Yeah. <laughs> he went, yeah. Yeah, I've been slacking. Yeah. God yeah. damn it, Ted. <laughs> oh, my God. B and E brought up being uh, the question of the day was with the early two thousands. Which World Series loss did you feel was harder? Um, was it the uh, Arizona series or the um, the series with the Marlins? Marlins. I, 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 most. I think it's the Red Sox one, but. <laughs> In the World um, Series? No, for for the the one when the Red Sox won the World Series and we lost in fucking you know for four games in a row or whatnot. That's the hardest for me. But if we're talking just World Series, 
It's the Arizona one. Of course, it's the Arizona one. That's one of the first off, we were dealing with 9 11. Second off, yeah. there was not a thought in my mind as a 13 year old child thinking that we had any shot to lose. I thought yeah. it was ours. I thought we were going to win that. And they had two secret weapons that I never thought of in Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling. I, I mean, we've never seen anything like what they did. They, no. Those two all seven fucking games. They missed like maybe <laughs> one game. And that, and that defeat broke me as a human being. Like, it's like yeah. the most painful loss of my life, and it still is to this day. Yep. I and I've had cool. some wonderful highs with uh, with my teams. Like the Giants uh, beating Tom Brady in, uh, in 07 was probably my happiest moment. But Even um, I enjoyed that, buddy. That was incredible, but uh, the whole be- ending their own being season, I mean, that was just crazy. But in terms of the Yankees, that loss, oh, my God. Because when you think about everything, we had two of the greatest comebacks in MLB history in that series, right? It was unbelievable how we managed to do that. We had the whole stadium rocking. It was beautiful. They, you know, the Yankees basically saved New York that year you know they were and the Mets credit to the Mets because both of them were so important to turning um, turning the city around Mets after were that. real good that year dude yeah and it was it was so important to all of us I mean I was I was heartbroken through all that year but then the Yankees just just you know they were they were just they were iconic, man, and they were. The, I think the whole world, the whole world, was actually kind of watching and rooting for them for New York to do. Yeah. It. And yeah. then we had two of the greatest comebacks in the series, and then we had, you know, the whole game seven with Soriano hitting that home run, yeah. you know, and then we we hand the ball to Mo. I couldn't think of any way that we were not going to win it. We yeah. had Mo. Yeah. I remember, I, like, I was it. I was so excited, and then could you could you imagine having won four in a row? Like we may never get that chance again, and it was just fuck, dude. Those six years right there were the most beautiful baseball years I've I've ever lived through. They were beautiful, man. It was still a beautiful team, and and uh, you know, uh, it was one of those rare losses where I didn't blame anybody. It was just incredibly bad luck. It was just, sh- you know yeah, what I mean? Too much of a state of shock. Yeah, it well, was just incredibly bad luck because Mo didn't power. get out pitched. Mo pitched yeah. fine. It was just yeah. bad luck, you yeah. know? And then, you know, we, we did our jobs, you know? It was just, they just, all they did was just pedal two pitchers for seven games. And credit to them. Yeah. And they had Luis uh, Gonzalez and yeah. fucking uh, Tony Womack looking like Tony Womack. Tony Womack. <laughs> Fuck Tony Womack. That piece Fuck of shit. Tony Womack. Yeah, because he was a Yankee. He sucked. Didn't we have Didn't Tony get him like, like, They got him like two years later or something. Yeah, like he that. sucked and balls. We're like, fuck you, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> he sucked balls for the Yankees. It was not fair. Remember <laughs> On Boston, Pokey Reese, you guys remember him? Of course. That guy was short and used to jump eight miles in the sky to catch fucking balls over second base. Oh, man. <laughs> what a piece of shit he was, too. Him and Carl Everett are pieces of shit. Carl Everett, wow. I've Carl Everett because of what he did to Messina. Remember yeah. when the Yankees tried to replace Bernie Williams with Kenny Lofton? 
Kenny Lofton. <laughs> oh man, I love And then Joe Torrey realized he sucked and brought Bernie back, and then Kenny Lofton claimed that, that Joe Torrey was racist. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> he replaced me with another black man. He's exactly. God damn it. Racism. <laughs> Racism. What the fuck? Uh, Bernie's been here for 14 years, Tony. <laughs> Some of the greatest players watching. of all time. <laughs> and you're a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, all right well that's gonna wrap things up for today <laughs> when you're done enjoying this uh this show check out statementgames.com you know unique experience of your fantasy sports check out docislandsbaseball.org learn about the founder of baseball and listen to us monday through friday at 10 a.m and 8 p.m on radioplaylive.com don't be here for everybody yankeechronicles.com hope you all have a good day stay safe stay smart Go Yankees. Go Yankees.